0: Welcome to the My Minimal Journey podcast. My name is Pierre and we're recording this in a a very tough time. Um, In South Africa, we're halfway through our uh, 21-day lockdown, which takes us today to day 11, as I understand it. And I've got a vlog as well on YouTube, in fact, it's Pierre Live Essay on YouTube. You can go along, that's a cheap punt and go and check it out if you'd like Um, And I try and record a video every single day during lockdown. Um, And the exciting part about this has been that I've gotten to speak to people using technology. So using Zoom, using WhatsApp, and it's made us wake up a little bit and see that all this unnecessary traveling around is actually a big waste of money. Because in theory, we can do that right here. Right now. So, part of my agenda of people to speak to was a friend of mine called Jonathan Payne, who is um, a good friend of mine for a good few years. And Jonathan is a minister, a pastor in Nottingham Road here in the Midlands of KwaZulu Natal in South Africa. It's really narrowing it down. And Jonathan and I had a conversation which you'll be able to go along and see the full interview on my YouTube channel. And I thought this is such a beautiful message. I need to share this today on my channel. So here's the recording that I did with Jonathan. I hope you take something away from it and it enriches your life just somehow. And thank you for listening. Welcome to day five of the big South African lockdown. We're trying just to make a difference and do our bit to keep everyone happy and informed and uh, hopefully a little bit of motivation for you. And I thought today what we'd do is we'd bring on my good friend, Mr. Jonathan Payne. And it's not just Mr. Jonathan Payne, it's the right reverend, Jonathan Payne. Jonathan, good morning.
1: (laughs) Peter, how are you doing?
0: Good in you, man, good in you. Thank you for no, I'm okay. Uh, I'm
1: okay. Thanks.: no.
0: Thank you for coming along and sharing your, your uh, story with us today. And I just had a Jonathan and I chatted the other day, and I just had a little something in my heart that I wanted to, to do, and by oh, George, he'd already done it. <laughs> and that was to uh, get his sermons out and, and his teachings to his uh, community. Um, but you kind of beat me to that, didn't you?
1: We had to get it done, you know, it's uh, urgent times. So I had to look up what to do and find a way of doing it and, and, and off we went. It's, it, these are demanding times. You've got to find new ways of doing everything. Huh? That's cool. And so, so what did you actually end up doing? Okay, so what I'm doing is um, I have a platform which uh, a church in the U.S. has actually offered free of charge to all churches to use whenever they want to, which is very generous of them. I've gone onto that platform and... Um, one of the options is, is live streaming on the platform, which is very tempting, but um, I live in Nottingham Road, which is a kind of a very remote area. Our internet connection here isn't that great. So I think live streaming would have been a bit of a challenge, uh, yeah. actually, beside which I need a bit of practice in terms of live presentation. So what I'm doing is I'm recording whole services. So I, I would uh, have some worship music in there, yeah. uh, sermons, really, the whole thing, which I then put together on a video editor, another thing I've had to learn to do, yeah. Uh, they're uploaded onto YouTube as a basic platform, but then fed across to this platform. I'm using uh, uh, church online it's called .org. Yeah. And uh, at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings, which is kind of our normal service time here, um, it comes on and the congregation can watch an entire service. It runs 45 to 50 minutes for the service. So that's how we're doing it. Um, uh, it just means that I've got to obviously prep this during the week. It's, it makes you enjoy it. It's a challenge. I've had to learn things out that probably for you are kind of old hat because this is part of your, your your day-to-day business but for me it's stuff i had to learn but it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff interesting the the worst thing i've discovered is that i have a face built for radio uh not for not for television or for, for broadcasting join the club um, join the club yeah oh that i speak far too fast i've known it all my life um yeah and also that when the uh software doesn't do what i expect the software to do right away um my uh, my, my christian charity tends to get a bit thin. <laughs> the patient wears out uh because you know i'm i'm, I'm not a uh, not a fiddly kind of guy you know if, if i'm not a diy for example for example if a if a hammer should knock a nail into a plank with a bang it must go in first time or i'm not going to carry on. And, and mm. when it comes to this fiddly kind of technology, which, you know, it's interesting, but I'm not the kind of guy who likes wandering around trying to find what port I need to con- you know, line oh. up with. It's, it's a, so it takes patience, but it's uh, it's, it's learning. It's learning. Yeah. That's why you have friends like us. Hopefully, we can try and help you. Yeah, a pre. I mean, if, really, if, uh, I literally just managed to get the thing together when you made that call, which I was incredibly grateful for. Wow. Um, and had I not known, um, I would have taken your call, and I would have actually, what I'd done, probably would have said, "Pierre, uh, you're the preacher man for this church for the next six weeks." <laughs> can uh, you imagine? I would lead your flock astray, and not as badly as I can do. Believe you oh, me. Oh, there it is. <laughs> So you're and, a good guy. Pierre. You're a you're a you're as pure as a driven slush, you really are. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know. I don't know about that. We try, you know, we try to do yes. good. just turn around, I'll stab you in the back. That's what ministers, that's what you pastors do. Yes. Yeah, have a think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's been it's been fascinating because I mean the other guys online I've seen in other churches, I mean, all of us guys have realized that we've got to keep contact with, with our congregations. We can't just uh, and that's the whole thing, is how to keep contact with other people when you can't physically contact them. I see there's a trend to move away from the phrase social distancing to physical distancing, which is a good thing, because socially we actually need to be closer you know, than before. Yeah. Physically, you've got to be apart. So uh, you've got to keep that contact with, with the congregational community and beyond that. Um, you, you need to be providing at least worship services. Um, yeah pastoral care somehow and and so on and so forth. So the technology helps me to actually do that. And I think most of us realize that we need to do that. So the funny thing is there are churches where they've been doing online streaming services for years. They have a television ministry. Um, Their pastors, their preachers are trained and working on television, how to interact with this kind of technology. They're they're trained in the area like TV presenters. So they're brilliant. But the rest of us, which is the bulk of us, have never had to actually look in the camera and talk probably very (laughs) seldom anyway so um what happens is while we talk to people up front that's our job all the time when it comes to this staring into like a cold little glass ball and and trying to pretend that's a person you're in connection with Um, and i've been watching my colleagues on their various facebook pages and online it has been it has been hilarious Uh, hilarious i mean (laughs) um (laughs) and i know i look like that as well you know I'm, i'm getting better this is now I've done about three broadcasts. This is actually helping me working with you now because I'm getting used uh-huh. to this camera thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- things like, for example, you you're not used to this. So, so a lot of the guys looked about as comfortable as a you know pork chop at a bar mitzvah. I mean, just like they really didn't belong in this environment at all. You know, yeah. and they were gazing off camera, and then yeah. they, they they take on this typical sort of parsonical hello, welcome. To my service this morning voice you know which works probably in the wider church kind of cavernous environment because you're going to speak okay. like that but yeah it, it's a different way of presentation when you hear mm. um and you're got to learn that and learn it very very fast so that's yeah. being yeah again
0: yeah. i've been talking about it quite a lot and that's the um the adaptability quotient so the rq ah. the eq and then aq mm. uh, yeah yeah it's mm. We're in a we're that information age now. Where you know what? If you don't, walala yeah. wasala. Eh?
1: Mm. Mm. So. This is. It's, I mean, it's fascinating as to what this lockdown is actually doing because mm. it's. I mean, I'm, I'm doing online services because now I have to because I've got to keep in contact. But but yeah. it will, I'm sure, develop something which I will continue after lockdown. I think it's um, going to um, build a culture up. going forward. Ah, yeah. You know, you'll have no one coming to church in future, just doing it um, on online like this. You know. Which is always yeah. been an option, but we've never been forced to do it. Yeah. It's like for example, the government now are talking about, the South African government are talking about with these little informal, you know, shack settlements, yeah. um, getting hold of land they've got now where they can move people on to I think the word they use is disintensify, you know, spread people out a bit, so yeah. isolate. And a lot of people are reacting and saying, but hang on, so this has been doable for the last 20 something years yeah. and you haven't done it. Why? Um but now the the, the, you know, the chips are down. So all these things yeah. we could have done, like developing an online ministry, um, I'm doing a daily chat, for example, all that kind of stuff, all mm-hmm. just trying to keep relevant out there. Yeah. You could have done. But now this is twisting our hand and saying, why, if you don't why do not? it now, yeah, you're going to lose your congregation if you don't do this. Yeah. You, you can't do that. So ministry, you've got to keep it going.
0: Yeah, yeah um, I mean, if you look at like, some of the evangelist uh, and I use that term very broadly because I mm. don't know what else to mm. call, you know, the Ray yeah, they are. yeah. They've been, yeah. they've been doing oh, this for quite creatures. some time, man. Eh? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And they have, they have huge um, influence. They, they, they really say, do. And, and they have got, got into that, you know, way, way back. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, you know, um, what, what happens, you have these mega churches who have the kind of income to develop these um, massive things. For example, yeah. the church, the platform I'm using, Yes. Um, their preaching uses this every Sunday. They're a multi-site wow. church, which quite is quite common these days. Um, and he shows you the equipment they use, and it's the kind of stuff that the BBC uses, or you know, they're all these wow. automated remote yes, cameras yeah. that move themselves. There's a full-on production number, and because that is actually the bulk of their ministry, they are actually an online television-based, well, and not not TV as much as online-based-based yeah. based ministry. So that's what they invest in. Uh, here, at, uh, sort of in a little town like Nottingham Road, that would not work out. We don't have budget for that. Mm-hmm. We're very much a little community church for you know, the locals. It's a different type of thing we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but we still, because of this, need to reach out to people. Um, firstly, to the people who are part of this congregation, mm-hmm. you know, who look to I suppose to me as a pastor, to uh, this congregation as as community. Mm. um and to keep that community at the very least in touch with each other so i've got a whatsapp group for example we chat to each other on that yeah. we have the uh sunday morning thing where we have my daily chat i send out whatsapps of all sorts of things going on all the time um trying to keep more chat than information i have asked people if they have you know announcements or videos from other people to send that me to me personally first so we don't be spreading fake news on it yeah but in terms of you know how are you doing that's all happening on on whatsapp um just as a way of keeping together. I'm going to be doing even today after this, a lot of just calling around the congregation, saying, yeah. Oh, how are you doing? You know. Um, because after a while you do begin to feel that you 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 are disconnected. Mm. Um and so you've got to use what you have uh, to keep going. Um, and it's brilliant that we can do this, you know, that we can actually get online. Um at least people can see me. I'm not quite sure if that's a great thing. I can't see them, but they can see me and have some sense of some semblance of, of normality. Yeah. Yeah. Through this.
0: And how have you found their response been to it? Have they, have they bought into the concept? Have they, have they got on board?
1: Largely, yes. I mean, um, my particular congregation is an older congregation. Mm. So um, the very oldest part of them probably, don't, they don't have email whatsoever. But that would probably be, you know, two or three people. I mean, they're, they're really old people. They've never in their life seen any need for. WhatsApp, YouTube, mm. or, or they wouldn't even know what to do with it, and they don't want to. And I understand; I wouldn't want to get yeah. there either. Um, we have to because it's part of of, of life. Uh, the upside of our South African situation is that um, older people usually have uh, children and grandkids overseas, mm. so they're familiar with Skype and that kind of stuff, and Zoom and, and, and technology. So they've picked it up, yeah, and they're fine. Um, I get positive feedback. People are watching. I'm not getting a thousand views. I'm getting kind of You know, thirty, you know, which is kind of what our average morning service is really here. Three.
0: That's more.
1: Um, yeah. Um, so but it keeps going, you know. And then there are also people from other places whose churches um, haven't been able to do this, uh, who have have LinkedIn as well, uh, which is which is good. Um, so I, I like to think that over time we'll start providing something to people who are not normally members of this congregation, um, but want something, you know. Yeah. And as you go further and further into this, I mean, as the days go by, people become more antsy just around isolation itself, which is which is tricky. Um, but also, as you watch infection rates increase and death rates increase, which which will happen despite the isolation, mm. it's going to still build and then peak. Um, as we hear, you know, horror stories from all over the show, um, people are going to get anxious and more fearful. So we need to be in touch with people to help them just remain calm, inspired, anchored, yeah. Um, yeah, not stressing, whatever we can do for them.
0: Yeah. Which brings me to a question I'd like to ask you. And I mean, part of mm. what you do as a, as a minister is, is besides ministry is visiting the sick and, and the, the ultimately the funerals, uh, things like that. Mm. How, mm. how's that all happening mm. now?
1: Um, interestingly There's not a huge amount right now. Um, Visiting the sick in terms of ministry has become an interesting thing, particularly hospital ministry. Mm. Because you know, back in the, in the old days, I'm going back 20 years, if you went to hospital, you were there for at least about five days. You know, mm. If you had surgery, you are there for two weeks. So there was plenty of time for your minister to kind of get to you somewhere over the time. Now these days, you earn out you know, hip, hip surgery 24 hours in and out. Ah. Um, and, and with my age congregation, that's kind of quite a common hip and knee mm. replacements or you know, mm. like mm. conselections. Um, uh, and even enough, 24 hours. So for me to actually get to the hospital within that 24 hours, unless I'm really good is, is, and there's no need to see me within 24 hours because you aren't really missing your minister or whatever, you know, in that short period. Whereas had you been hospitalized for a number of weeks, that would be... So uh, um, hospital-type visiting is something which is... um, not as as strong as it would have been Mm. 20, 30 years ago. Mm. We do have people who are hospital chaplains, um, uh, congregations and churches which are near hospitals often provide visitors to go there. So that that would happen. Um, Visiting, so if you have sick congregations now, it would happen by telephone call. I mean, in in the lockdown, it's gonna happen by phone Mm. call or if they can Skype, Zoom or, Mm. or whatever, whatever they've got. So much the same as I'll be doing now, just phoning around to say, how are you doing? funerals um right now nothing has happened um mm. it is worrying for me in that uh with the congregation who are largely in the, the elderly risk area mm. um big time uh, what i've discovered about covid is that they have said that although elderly are at risk uh, a lot of the deaths in fact most of the deaths have been so far been below yeah below sort of 40 mm. uh, which is interesting um but yes if if um Infection spreads through the older population in this area. funerals will become uh, a thing. Um, the regulations apparently allow for I think up to 50 I haven't actually checked that out yet mm. people in attendance um, and we'll have to work around that somehow. Um, there would have to be some kind of ministry, perhaps even I mean if I get the, the live streaming going, um, you know the rest of the congregation can join online. Yeah. but again, we're going to have to find ways of uh, memorializing the person, you can't just let it not happen, um, mm. which helps the family. Um, and if that met that person was a member of, say, our wider church community known to everyone mm. else, they've got to get involved somehow too. So mm. it might be watching online funeral services. Yeah. And that we will have to deal with... Um, luckily, I know it can be done. That's not, that's not yeah. the issue. It's just, um, let's figure it out and, and make it happen. So it will be a very unusual uh, setup, but I'm mm. hoping it won't happen at least while we're isolated. Um, the problem, of course, with this with this is that, um, okay, so once the 21 days are over, let's say we do come out of isolation, that doesn't mean the COVID virus is not here, mm-hmm. or that the risk for infection has gone. I mean, I should imagine after 21 days, they're still going to retain, the, you know, limits on gatherings and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, you'd have to work around whatever that is, but there will be a need for some kind of... Um, commemoration of the person who's died I, I tragically I noticed in Italy I was looking at this just as a couple of weeks ago there were these horrific uh, photographs of trucks yes. taking people out of the yes. it just couldn't cope with the number of deaths um, so the um, there was a particular town where there was a huge outbreak and that's where those trucks were they were actually moving people out of or bodies out of the town mm. so other crematoria to go and be cremated. Mm. What was happening though, there could be no funeral services. Um, in fact, two priests were arrested, they were the Catholic priests, yeah. for conducting funeral services. So what would happen is that um, you know, your family, your the sick person would go to a hospital, the family weren't allowed to visit uh, mm. for fear of contamination and that. They would simply hear that their loved one had died and had been cremated. That mm. was it, there was no funeral, there was nothing. The person just went to hospital, and that's the last you would see of them, which is, which is cruel. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I, uh, just, just and it's horrible. scary. Uh, yeah. I hope it doesn't happen here because um, from a, as a pastor, that would be a, the worst possible thing. Mm. Um, and I appreciate in Italy, being a largely Catholic uh, country, the, the, the meaning and importance of a proper funeral, particularly a funeral mm. mass and a gathering. And with the Italian culture of gathering and community. Uh, to say God, to someone yeah. oh, you can't go and see them in a hospital, no, you can't go to the cremation, or you can't go to the burial, you they've gone, that's it, boom, finished, and deal with it. And you can't even gather uh, in a small group to have some kind of service at home. You mm-hmm. can't. Um, that is just absolute, you know, it's, it's terrible. And I truly, truly hope uh, we don't come to that because uh, the past, the pastoral um, and psychological. Um, fall out of that. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard what they were doing, even undertakers didn't, they weren't actually taking the people to their premises. So what they were doing is you died in your bed in the hospital, they'd wheel up the coffin next to the bed. Normally you'd bring a stretcher in, yeah. they wheel the coffin into the coffin, you in the hospital and put you on the truck and you will go to the crematorium, which is, it's just everything that could be wrong with that scenario, you know, is, is there. So. I'm truly hoping we don't get down to that. Um, we, we have in South Africa, um, particularly in our, in, our, in our black culture, a very strong funeral death yes. um, culture. Culture, um, yeah. Which I mean, is, Saturdays yeah, are um, funeral days. I mean, death culture sounds wrong. It's not that. There it's, it's, it is a commemoration of the dead and mm. a proper, quite, quite healthy, off. actually, sending off mm. of the departed, which, which in the more sort of Western white culture, we actually have lost hang of a lot uh, to our detriment, I think. But um, for that to be taken away from our culture here would be a uh, pressure. I, mean, I can't imagine the devastation. Mm. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. So we, we um, might still be facing into that. I, I, I truly, truly hope we're not. Um, I don't know how the government would manage that. I, there would, I'm sure, be, um, not rights, but uh, there would be pushback, huge mm. amounts of pushback mm. on that. Um, and as pastors in the area, um, it would be something which we would really want to handle. Um, but again, if we have to, we have to um Mm. and you were talking about adaptability it's that how do we take what is what we assume to be the norm and the way we normally do things and then um adapt it so Mm. it can be done in a way which is still meaningful helpful does everything we need to do as far as we can without at the same time endangering people to exposure to to the curve advice um
0: Okay, enough doom and gloom. Um, we know we yeah. know there's going to be there is going to be some fallout yeah. on this, and and there are going to mm. be people who are going to lose their lives, and we just hope it's fewer than many. Um, yeah. and yeah, just so on the positive side of things, mm. um, mm. you found that this has given you opportunities, new opportunities to try to spread. Um obviously, the word and and to encourage people what what are you doing in terms of are you finding people's mindset in your area is is a positive one do you do you find there's yeah. very much a doom
1: and gloom or uh, there's both and 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 a little it's what normally would find in this kind of scenario so people swing between the two um, there's a, a hopefulness um, pe i think by and large people have realized that we've got to do this thing. So the lockdown is not pleasant, mm. but it's doable. Um, and there's a kind of gathering around the sense of, uh, of community together, we have to, to do it. Um, and that's, that's a positive thing, because for once, uh, we have to move away from our very individualistic kind of mindset, which is quite common for many people To You know, it's me and all about me To My health and your health are actually interlinked now. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you don't obey the rules, I get sick and vice versa. So we've got to work on this thing together. Mm. Um, we've got to support each other um, and we've got to support each other without being physically proximate to each other, you know, which is yeah. interesting. So, I suspect there's more phone calls going on. I suspect Telcom and then cell phone companies are going to do very well out of this, yeah. um, as well as various streaming companies or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix, by the way, is going to have an absolute boom because what else do you do? You
0: know? They have. Uh,
1: but, um, yeah. Um, well, they've got so, to the yeah,
0: point. it. Where they're not yeah. doing high definition um, streaming anymore. Everything is
1: in standard definition now, as I understand it. I noticed. I was watching something last night and it was fairly pixelated, and I actually had stopped, you know, what, um, buffering. Which Buffer, is, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. yeah. Um, obviously, I was watching a very popular program. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's in demand. But people, by and large, are, I think, being positive and, and accepting, accepting this. Um, as I look outside, I mean, occasionally uh, I do see one or two people wandering up and down who mm. shouldn't be wandering up and down. Um, we do have a formal settlement probably 150 meters from, from where I am. Um, and uh, as, there's an interesting um, sort of thing going on there because you know everyone says we're in this together, stay at home, whatever. But if you're living in one of those little shacks, staying at mm-hmm. home actually is not really practical. I mean, okay, today's cool weather. Thank goodness for that. But uh, in a hot day, inside those shacks is like ovens. In fact, it would be um, murderous to try and stay inside. So... It's not easy in those scenarios to, to social isolate. Um, it's very easy to say we're all in this together. We're not equal in this thing at all. Some people can I, I mean, I can isolate on quite a large property, like a small holding, basically, given mm. what I can get here. Um, other people are isolating in about a few square meters. You know, it's, it's actually quite different. Um, and, but by and large, there is a sense of, okay, let's, let's just do, do this thing um, and, and work together the what we worry here obviously in nottingham road is the tourist economy is quite important to us that's mm. basically shut down uh we've got some local good schools they've all gone home they do obviously supply into the economy mm. but we also have a farming economy here a dairy farms got to carry on you know and that's pretty much cash flow happening so you yeah. are dairy trucks driving up and down all the time which is good um and obviously your crop farming is more seasonal um mm. so and they're going on you know so the the farmers haven't actually, um, apart from the usual you know, problems that farmers have, but by and large, they're, they're carrying on as normal. So part of the economy is working, part of it is in complete shutdown. Um, I'm looking across the road. I, I have about five coffee shops and mm. restaurants within walking distance of my house. Love that um, little hub there. I, I, beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. I, I'm going to do some kind of scouting around now to find out what their prognosis is in terms of, okay, so... We are there, you know, are they going to survive this? If they do, what's going to happen? It's there's yeah. a, a lot of uh, interesting stuff going on as to how are we going to work it out. But uh, I think the main function of uh, community, of my job of, of church community really also, is um, to keep people on the positive side. You know, I mean, yeah. I can speak gloom. those are the facts, obviously, and there are challenges. I don't think it helps people to ignore the reality. So it helps to say that people, I'm concerned about the economy. Um, I'm concerned about the fact that your jobs are in in jeopardy. You know, if you're a restaurant owner or whatever, it concerns me. Um, I'm concerned about the potential of further infections and debt. So let's not pretend that that doesn't exist. But at the same time, we have a couple of options. The one option is to go down the doom and gloom road and let this get into our mind. Or the other option is to say, it is what it is. We can't change that. We can do what we can do. And then we have to deal with the consequences, which whatever they are, are obviously beyond our control. Mm. So we deal with, with the consequences. That what, that's what we have to do. Um, that I think is a positive. the positive message is, you know, you can't, you can't change the uh, reality. Uh, we can't take this thing away. We can't, we can't suddenly just open for business all over the show and, and uh, you know, uh, risk infections. You've got to mm. do this thing. Uh, it's a reality, it's a brick wall, we can't push it down. So given that fact, um, how, where do you hold your mental space? And I think that's the most important thing that I help people do, is just hold the right mental space around, um, let me see what is what is good. Um, what, what, where do I find positive in being part of a family who are all now at home, for example? Yeah. Uh, where do I find positive in just some time out? Um, also, I think, and I was, this is what I was just uh, talking and preaching about just the other day, is that we do tend to run on in, in life quite quite rapidly. You know, we just keep doing um, mm. uh, Because there's no other reason to do anything else. We just keep doing um, And what this does say is, shut up, uh, stop, um, and reflect. Mm. Uh, and it's a great time, I think, to start thinking about, so what is really important in my life? So I have managed to survive without going to the shop five times a day. Um, I have managed to survive... Uh, without so much, I've just always taken as absolutely vital in, in my life, you know. I've, I've, and, and so going forward from this, what have I learned? How will I change? Uh, and, you know, um, and also look at my own feelings, well, your own feelings. So uh, I'm now in isolation. Uh, I'm used to having certain comforts around. I'm used to being able to go out and just buy whatever I need, um, the nice to have as well as the essentials. Uh, mm-hmm. What happens now that I can't get those? Um, and can I live without them? Do I now appreciate what it takes for those, those things to get to me, uh, what it costs to get those things to me? Now I know this because I've been forced to realize that I'm going to live differently when all this is over at some point. So it's a brilliant time for some introspection, some learning, some, you know, um, going on. To put it into um, sort of what we call church terms, you know. Um, the, the sort of traditional period, of the traditional church now, now is in, is, is Lent, which is about Easter. Now, Lent uh, classically is exactly mm. what this isolation is forced on us. It's kind of a the shutdown period where you fast and stop and, and reflect. So mm. we've been we've been forced to do that, you know. And then you know what where that runs is through into Easter, Resurrection, and new life. So the, the thinking behind that is that you would spend some time reflecting you would then look at the things which are helpful in your life you would look at the things which are less than helpful i mean you you're talking about minimalism so it's exactly that process what do i need what don't i need um not only materially but emotionally relationships the whole the whole whole spectrum of things um because now having to do that and then um, once i've realized that i make the choices about what do i hold on to which are life-giving and good what do I dump which have been harmful to me, my family, the environment, or whatever? Because now, because now I know after all this time I can get on with these things. And that marks the resurrection to a new, a new way of, of living. That's the kind of classic understanding. And it's just fascinating how this um, has put us directly into that line, which is for me not uh, necessarily a religious thing, a spiritual thing, uh, and even a Christian thing. It's just a good process that every human needs to go through from time to time to choose what brings me life and what brings me happiness, true joy. Uh, what takes away from that? Um, forcing myself into a situation where I have to make that assessment by living into it, making the choices, and then finding a better way of life after that. So uh, the upside, the upside uh, is, when we get through this thing, hopefully we are wise enough to learn the lesson and live in a better way. To, I mean, you go back to, to go back to the whole 9-11 thing, you know, and what happened, particularly in New York around there, how that community rallied, how America rallied, how, how the world rallied around a cause to help. And I think we learned, you know, um, and then in the years which kind of went past, we sort of unlearned, you know, and now we're mm. learning again. Um, yeah, uh, we, we, we humans are somehow, we have very short memories. We, <laughs> we don't always hold on to the learning, but that's it. Yeah, the time.
0: We learn that's yeah. It. Yeah. Well, incredible, incredible insight. Thank you, John. I really appreciate um, you sparing the time with us. And I think uh, maybe if you wouldn't mind, if we can
1: just uh, close in prayer. I can do, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, thank let's you. pray. Well, we thank you that you have given us this amazing time to live in, uh, that you have confronted us with these challenges, um, and that we have an opportunity right now to assess that gift of life itself. And we ask that you grant to us the wisdom and discernment to know what we can learn from this. And we can also move on to a new life because of it. We do pray for those people who are in various ways affected and uh, infected with this virus, that you take from people a sense of fear and grant them a sense of encouragement that you look after, especially all our healthcare workers uh, and those who are on the front line. We ask your special blessing and protection on them. Amen. Amen! Wow,
0: Jonathan, thank you, you so Pierre. much. It's been yeah, absolutely well. awesome. Look
1: after. Have a great day.
0: We'll chat soon. Look forward to it. Thank you. We definitely get a chat again. Have I a good so. one. I hope so. I okay, promise cheers, you, sir. Bye. Thanks, mate. Bye now. So that's it for episode eleven. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode, and I really hope that it brought some value into your life and i would ask kindly if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing. It would be really, really cool to uh, have you along. And hopefully I can bring you more information that will enrich your life. And uh, just wishing everybody a very, very blessed Easter as we go into it uh, tomorrow. And may you be blessed. And uh, to my Jewish friends as well, I'd just like to wish you a, a very, very happy Pesach, Passover. And may you also be richly blessed in this time. Have a safe time during this COVID-19 pandemic and uh, hopefully we'll be chatting again very soon. Cheers now.